Welcome to the Bruce Siski Show. Follow the Bruce Siski Show on Twitter to interact anytime. Got something on your mind? You can text Bruce during the show by using the short code 84454. You're listening to the Bruce Siski Show on 610 and FM 103.9 KDAL. 1011, 11th of January 2024. Bruce Siski Show on KDAL. Good to have you with us on this Thursday. Uh, coming up in about a half hour or thereabouts, UMD women's hockey ca- captain Manna McMahon. Mid-season assessment. Look ahead to this weekend against Bemidji and more with the Bulldog captain. But first, I was down at the rink for quite a while yesterday. Spent some time with UMD men's hockey associate coach Adam Krause. This is a long conversation. I decided not to edit anything out of it. This is the full bit, 20 minutes with Adam Krause right now at 10-11. All right, so as you get ready to go back in the league play this weekend, I know uh, you know exhibitions are exhibitions, but what do you take out of, uh, out of St. Thomas as you try to move forward and, and get ready for what's going to be a heck of a grind here the next few weeks? Yeah, I think, you know, we played a, a team in St. Thomas that I think drastically over the last few years, especially over the last year, is, has really become a, a team that's uh, pretty hard to beat, right, and well-coached, um, you know, a little bit older team. So, again, you know, we didn't get the result we wanted, but we thought we tried a few different things, and, and some guys that maybe normally don't get as many minutes got some minutes. We got some tape on them and, and some learning material for those guys this week. So, um, from that standpoint, I thought it was positive, but, uh, you know, I thought we built some momentum over the last eight games or so, and... Just got to keep that going. Can't uh, can't relax. As you've looked back here, and I don't want to belabor the the, the winless streak because that wasn't fun for anybody. I can't imagine. But since Thanksgiving, you know the the four you played before break, the two you played out of break. What do you think the difference has been? Because certainly the results have been improved, which has been nice to see. Yeah, I think obviously. You know, our I think our play has been a little bit more consistent, right? Um, just it, it, within a game and in our compete level um, again, and we're getting a little bit better results. I think some of those, you know, on, the, on that streak where, where we couldn't find a win, I thought we were on, you know, the wrong side of a couple really tight games. Um, and that's just the way it is. I think our, you know, our league tests you and, you know, we played a good Minnesota team as well. So, um, yeah, it can, ha- it can happen quick against good teams if you're not, you know, willing to do the little things. But I thought, you know, our guys have responded well since then. And sometimes you have to go through those things to, to realize what you need to work on and, and hopefully it sticks with us the rest of the year as we as we go go through you know our league play and you know we don't want to replicate that sitting here with umd men's hockey associate coach adam kraus maybe the air force game an exception because i felt like maybe you got a little loose defensively in, in that game but your, your goaltender kept them the one and, and you found a way to win there late besides that though it felt like those games you did see a marked improvement especially at five on five in your defensive play what, what do you think has been different there yeah, I think that's probably the one thing, the common denominator when we've had success, we've we've tracked back quicker to defensive zone coverage and we've we've been a little bit more connected defensively. And um, you're also right, we got a little bit away from that from Air Force. And credit to Air Force, they challenge us on exits and I think we got extended on, on some exit turnovers that, you know, they they had hard tracks and they stood up on and I think once you get kind of running around, which they made us do, um, just you got to get reconnected in that zone. So, um, but moving forward, it's going to be critical. You see the teams that we have coming up and play, but I think that that's been the common denominator when we have success. Um, we're committed to tracking back into our own zone and, and playing connected in our zone. When you played, were you always a forward? Yes. 
I'm asking this because you've got a defenseman who was a forward until literally about, oh, 26 months ago uh, in Aaron Pionk. What have you seen as he continues to grow? To He's learning a position while he's playing Division One hockey, basically. What have you seen from him as his freshman year goes on here? Yeah, obviously he's, you know, he's an impressive kid. Um, you know, if you're with him every day, you're not really surprised, to be honest. Um, very smart hockey player. I think positionally, you know, f- from the technique, some things he's learning um, just as a defenseman as he's transitioning that. But but he really understands the game. He has a compete level. He has an understanding of the game and, and how it sh- should be played. And I think, um, you know, that can help the transition. Um, you know, he's, he's willing to learn. But, yeah, pretty remarkable what he's doing uh, against some really good hockey teams, playing in a position that he's, he's still, like you said, learning in uh, college hockey. When you guys got him in in the spring, summer, whatever it ended up being, uh, when he made the decision to come here, did you envision right away that he would be able to come in and play the kind of minutes he's playing? Five on five, power play, penalty kill, he's doing everything for you. Yeah, no, I think that was the expectation, a little bit of where we're at in, uh, you know, in, the, in the program. And, you know, we knew – you know, we knew we were going to rely on him. I thought, you know, we were more comfortable with him quicker than we thought, and that's credit to him. Um, and again, he kind of came in; and it was baptism by fire. If you look at our first 10, 15 games of his college hockey career, some some really high end teams, are, you're not going to see much better players than that in, in college hockey. So, kudos to him. He's learning. He's growing. Um, he started really well, and I think you know through some learning some lessons. I think he's even gotten better in some of the details, maybe the lesser known details, but um, within the defensive game. But um, yeah, a kid that's just really happy to be excited for. He's a great kid, comes from a great family, and um, he's just going to continue to get better. He's played a lot with Darian Goats. What do you think that pair? What do you think Darian brings to that pair? It feels like he's almost the perfect complement for a guy like Aaron Pionk. Yeah, I think Aaron ha- has the ability to to rush the puck up the ice and. and transport the puck to the neutral zone and I think Darian can provide a little bit of that safety net I think he just has that that calming demeanor as a player and a person that maybe will let Aaron be up in the play a little bit more and Darian can follow up so I think there's some compliments there and I think um, I, I think they've been, been good for each other I, I think Darian has had a lot of experience here playing and playing in some big moments you know played in frozen fours and, and some big games and tournament play so it's been a good compliment and yeah Goder is a, is a guy that just has that that calm demeanor when you look at your other defenseman, uh, Owen Gallatin has been much more, it feels like, involved offensively this year. He scored a couple of big goals for you, which, which has been nice to see because he can really shoot the puck and he's got that skill. Aiden Dubinsky is a guy that it, you, you, you could see – he's the second youngest player on this team. And you can see that sometimes. But at the other, you know, the other side of things is defensively, he's, he's, that stick has been, I think, a little bit more of a, of a thing this year. It seems like he's kind of growing a little, as, as the year goes on. Yeah, I think that's probably the one thing people forget. And, and even last year, like a very, very young player in college hockey um, and still is a young player, if you think about it as a sophomore, second youngest player on our team, um, tells you a lot about, um, you know, where he's at in his growth process. But, you know, he's taking a lot of steps and the stick detail is something we've talked about with all of our D and he, he's really taken to it, and I think he's found success with this. So he's going to continue to do it. So, you know, another kid, I think in the second half, we're going to see a lot more growth moving forward. Um, you know, a player we're going to rely on here in the second half and, and his remaining time at Duluth. So a guy that, and again, he's he's probably a guy that has a little bit more calming demeanor and, and is going to control the play in a little bit different way than maybe Aaron does. So, um, But he's taking some, some steps, and we're going to look for him to take another step in the second half. I know he's not going to play again here this season, but what's it meant to get Will Francis back on the ice and, and, and to see the reception he got Saturday at St. Thomas was pretty special. Yeah, obviously... 
you know, Will Will's provided us with a lot of perspective over the last few years. Um, you know, not to belittle the losses or, or the results in the in the hockey games, but it you know it's it's a little bit of a fresh perspective when you when you realize when you see him in the hallway what he's going through and. Um, so just really proud of him, always handled it. And he's, he's had to do a really personal struggle in the public eye. And he's, I think, really happy for how everyone's rallied around him here and, and in the state and the hockey world. So I think that's what makes a hockey world special. Um, to see that reception in, in St. Thomas was really cool and something he deserves. And he's going to keep fighting. And, yeah, he's had some some bad bounces here and some some different things. But I can tell you his, his demeanor has been really good, is, you know, actually much better than maybe me or yours would be. So really proud of him for that way. He's just going to keep fighting. He's hit a lot of road bumps, but he's going to keep going. And we're going to keep going and keep trying until he can play again. Talking to you, men's associate coach Adam Kraus. Up front, it feels like there's young guys that are taking steps you know, day by day, game by game. You know, but a guy like Anthony Mangini, if bull in a china shop almost on the ice, it, it, he, he he doesn't know how to stop, does he? It, it, it's impressive to watch because there's a consistency to the energy he brings every time he hops the boards. Yeah, he's a, he's a kid, probably one of the most dedicated players I've seen off the ice in terms of how he handles his body and, and things like that. And he has a motor because he's he's in very good shape. He's very strong, um, and he's a real natural competitor. So it's been really impressive. When he's over the boards, he doesn't seem to stop moving his feet, and he's been really effective for us. And looking for him to get a little bit more opportunity from in different areas of the game. But, um, yeah, it's been really good. You know, I think it's he's kind of encompasses what, what we want to be. Um, you know, it's going to look a little bit different for him than it might be another player. I think we've tried to find some areas for a little bit of a slowdown in the offensive zone where he can maybe instead of going a little bit fast, he can take a step back and maybe put himself in a little bit more of an offensive zone position to, to create some offense and lead to some more production. So other than that, you know, he's a kid that, again, like I said, I can't tell you how dedicated that player is off the ice, and he's he's earned everything he's gotten. Braden Fisher didn't play at all till the Omaha series, December 1st and 2nd. He was the 13th forward both nights. He really didn't get any extended looks until the Milwaukee tournament uh, after Christmas. What have you seen from him? And, and, and you know, what do you hope to see from him? Because he's going to play quite a bit here to, as you go forward. Yeah, another kid, you know, through the, pro- <clears throat> through the process, we knew he was going to probably have some limited looks early in the season, and he knew that. And the one thing that impresses me with him, he was one of our hardest workers. He was very diligent at doing things after and asking questions and very engaged and wanting to get better. And um, he's really earned that. I know we've had some injuries and, and some other things happen where it inserted him in the lineup, but he was doing that himself anyway. He was going to eventually work into a, a lineup position and some opportunities. So actually really happy for him that he's going to get that opportunity. So um, really smart player. Um, has a lot of junior experience. He went through a little bit of an injury last year. So I think that's, you know, he's still trying to catch his game from a gameplay standpoint. So I think he's only going to get better. I think he's going to become a very reliable center um, for that line moving forward, not just this year, but moving forward in his career here. For those that are listening that maybe don't know this, you're the architect, basically the penalty kill. That's your that's your baby. That's that's a thing you take a lot of pride in. Maybe a tough start to the year, but it feels like since league play began, it has really turned a corner. Kind of maybe a two-part question, but I'll start with this. How much of a difference has it made? Because since league play, the other thing that's changed is you haven't been in the box as much. You you haven't had as many power plays that you've had to defend against. How much of a difference does that make by itself? Before you've done anything structurally, before guys get experience and they learn the ropes and they, they figure out what to do and, and how to stop plays, just the fact they don't have to do it as much. 
Yeah, I think that's something that even we've, you know, we've heard the numbers sometimes. We've even been surprised how much more we kill than other teams, and it certainly puts pressure on it, right? Like, we, you feel good about a kill, and sometimes you're, you're five for six in a kill, but the goal you give up is the one that eventually loses the game, but you've killed other five, other, you know, ten minutes of power play time of the other team. And again, I think the teams that were giving up power play time too, you look at some of the power play units, really special players that we've, you know, had a kill against. So again, our barometer's high, our litmus test is really high for, you know, where our penalty kill sits when you're playing against the Minnesotas and the North Dakotas and the teams that we do. Um, so I've been... Really happy to see that we're, we're not taking as many penalties just because it puts a lot of stress on those guys. Those guys generally play a little bit more than other players. And so um, you can be a little bit more aggressive when you're when you're not killing as much. And, and you just feel a little bit better with, um, you know, technically you can be a little bit more on your toes than if you're killing five, six penalties a night. The other thing is you had some losses here. You lose Dom in the second period of game two. He's been a key penalty killer ever since basically he walked in the door here. You lose Cole Spicer out of uh, out of break, and another guy who's developed into a key killer for you. You know, guys like Mangini, Jack Smith, that have stepped in, that have that have played some minutes for you on the kill. You know, that depth that you've developed. How big is that now? Because you because you've suffered some big losses, and a lot of them have affected your penalty kill. Yeah, I think that's that's huge. I think it's you know the trying to avoid as much turnover on the penalty kill as you can. Um, I think we've had some young players, you know, take steps. But obviously, yeah, losing our top two centers in our kill um, has certainly affected some things, but some other guys have stepped up. It's other opportunities, and you can't be afraid to 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 maybe give up a goal or make a mistake while you're trying to have some other guys learn, and, and that's just the way it is. And if they're willing to to take steps, and I think that's what we've done. Um, and uh, it's it's been effective, you know, and I think it's going to continue to challenge us as we see, you know, the teams that we have coming up. And, and again, nothing new here. We've seen those teams before. And so it'll be a good challenge for guys. It'll be some opportunity for guys that are in some more ice. So um, excited about the growth process. I think, you know, there's growing pains in that process. I think we're going to realize that a little bit, but um, just proud of the guys. I think they're buying into it. But again, if we can stay out of the box a little bit more, I think we can be a little bit more aggressive in those areas. I'm not the most observant guy in the world, but I happen to have noticed here, uh, maybe with some prodding, that you have not started the year with 15 forwards since the COVID year. You had an injury, that a, a first half injury or a season-long injury that's affected your forwards out of the shoot every year since then. This year is no exception. You're not going to have that the rest of the way. You're down to 13 right now. You have seven defensemen with Will not coming back this season. You have three goalies. How much have you seen your goalies get better from that natural internal competition the fact that you can only play one of them and there's three of them that are healthy right now yeah that's a big factor it seems the last few years has been um like i you know the first few games or even before the first games played we have a guy with a season-ending injury and um you know obviously with will's case you know early in september was a really tough news and and again it, it does throw off a little bit of competition in your lineup and you know I think it's really healthy when players are on their toes in all parts of your lineup, whether it's a player trying to get in the, you know, the top six versus the bottom six or trying to get in the lineup or whatnot. It's healthy. I think it's been what's made us good here in Duluth. I think we've had a lot of depth in the last, you know, few years and, and when we've certainly had our success on a national level, we've had some really good internal competition. Something we've probably missed here in the last few years, but you know, it's something that every team goes through injuries. It's um you know, hopefully we can we can uh, you know knock on wood get off that train here a little bit moving forward as the years progress. And you don't want to change your roster construction as much because I think you start making moves the add forwards, and I think that can take away reps from players and um, things like that in practice. So hopefully, um, you know, we don't have that moving forward, but it's something you deal with. And you know, again, 
hopefully the the, the, the competition naturally that guys have in, the, in themselves will carry us. And maybe better defensive plays help them, but your goaltending has been good since league play started. And and you we hope it continues that way with, with Zach and Matt, and maybe Zach Sandy thrown in there at some point, who knows. But but how valuable has that been here You know, these last few weeks to see that goaltending step up the way it has and give you opportunities to win games? Yeah, I think it's been it's been it's been really good recently. I think it's been, you know, there's some games where, you know, they play really well and you want to have them a little bit more run support, you know, something we're, we're continuing, you know, to try to work on is if, of trying to make sure the pressure is not so much on the goal scoring or it's not so much on the defensive play or so much on the goaltending. I think if you can have a healthy balance where your, your D your defensive structure is going to bail out your goalie and your goalie is going to bail out your defensive structure. And sometimes your offense is going to bail out your goalie. Right. So I'm um, trying to find that balance. It, you know, sometimes we weren't right in sync with that early in the season. So I think we found a little bit more of a healthy balance of supporting each other in different areas of our game and not relying so much on one part of your game to maybe get a win. So, um, but it's been really good. They've given us a chance to win. Couple more here for UMD men's associate coach Adam Krause. Colorado College this weekend, back in league play. You got 16 conference games left here down the stretch. Four of them against the Tigers. First two here this weekend at home. Thoughts on this matchup? This is a team that you know from, from you know what I learned in that Gopher series is they are relentless on pucks. Yeah, I think you know you've seen a lot of growth in that program in the last few years, and that's credit to the coaching staff and, and getting some players that are, uh, you know, obviously that fit what they're trying to do. So it's a team that uh, it's going to really challenge our process. You know, again, you know, if we're not ready to come and play and if we don't have uh, confidence in what we're doing um, in a relentless list, like, like you said, it's, it's going to be a really tough weekend for us, but um, you know, just really, you know, it's impressive what they've done to that program in the last few years and credit to those guys are playing some really good hockey and they're going to challenge us uh, to our limit this weekend. Finally, uh, we don't spend a lot of time during season talking about recruits because we're focused on what we have in front of us in the season. And I, and I want to keep it that way. I really do. But it's hard not to notice. Uh, and, and the people out there have noticed, I, I think, some of the, the folks you have coming in. I know you can't talk about individual players that have not signed. But you know, the guys that you've signed, the guys that you haven't signed, that you can speak in generalities about how excited are you about the pipeline that you guys have developed, the future of this program. Certainly, you guys play – you assistant coaches play a big part in that in the recruiting trail yeah I think we're really happy with with where it's at I think um you know we have some we have some players that are um that are process driven I, that's probably the best way I can say it I think some players that are are, are buying their time in junior hockey are, are, are improving year by year and, and they're they're not rushing their process you know a guy that we have signed to an ally coming in here as a local kid in Zamplant you know um you know opted to go back into junior hockey this year and now he's one of the best players in the league i think he's going to immediately come in and make a difference so really proud of him for for you know going against probably the grain is is maybe what kids are doing now a little bit and rushing that process so he's another kid that's benefited tremendously from that but we i think we have a lot of really you know players that are like i said just are really respecting the process and are continuing to get better in junior hockey they're going to be experienced a little bit older when they get here so um you know the one thing we looked at are they relied upon on the team they're on right now and i feel like I can confidently say the players that we have on our list are really relied upon on a nightly basis on the teams they're they're on right now. You've had some classes that have come in. I think about the seventeen eighteen team with the, the five guys at the World Juniors. You, you, there's gonna be a lot of years coming up. You don't have five freshmen that are eligible to play in the World Juniors because they're already too old to play in the World Juniors. Was that purposeful? Is, is that something that you've been kind of intentionally looking to do? Is is maybe bring in these older recruiting classes and, and get these guys that are more experienced in junior hockey? 
Yeah, I think if if you go back, I think this is probably what the program's been built on. Um, right from the start, a little bit of an older player. Um, I think it's always been a healthy balance here. I think you know we're we're fortunate where we can have access to some some high end players in our country, and um, you know we're always going to try to balance that with those players. And there's going to be a balance, but I think um, when you're air on the side of caution, it has to be experience. I think that's one thing um, that that we're really trying to focus on and making sure, like I said, we have process driven players. We're not having players that are coming here before they're not ready, um, because in our league and the schedule we have. It's really easy to lose your confidence, and it's 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 hard to gain confidence at this level. So if, if you don't have confident, experienced, mature players that have maybe been through a little bit of adversity in junior hockey or or even the level before that, um, it's pretty difficult, and, and the, the the learning curve gets even steeper. So I think we're we're getting back to a little bit of a more experienced player than generally um, what we've maybe had the last few years. Um, and it's cyclical. It's going to look different every year, but it's been intentional for us to, to try to get a little bit more experienced in our recruiting classes, balance out that age a little bit more. Uh, I think we're going to see the effects of it in a positive way. Um, recruiting's changed a ton in college sports, college hockey, um, and that's something we're just navigating what's going to give us the best chance to win hockey games at our level, at our institution. And um, it looks different for every college hockey team, what that looks like, and, and we have to find what works for us. And fortunate enough, in the last few years, we've we've had that blueprint of what it looks like, and, and we're going to just try to replicate that as best we can. Bulldog men's associate coach Adam Kraus, Bulldogs and Tigers, 7 o'clock tomorrow and Saturday here on KDAL. Women's captain, Manna McMahon, after the news, 1031 at KDAL. This is the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. We'll talk University of Minnesota hockey after this. We are professionals. We are family and friends. We are volunteers. We are community partners. We are a team dedicated to helping you succeed. We help protect and serve America's businesses. When you need us, we're here to help. At Federated Mutual Insurance Company, it's our business to protect yours. Rated A-plus superior by AM Best Company. The second-ranked Golden Gopher women's hockey team entertains top-rated Ohio State tomorrow and Saturday at Ritter Arena in Minneapolis. Head coach Brad Frost's team is coming off of a non-conference sweep of then-number 11 Connecticut last weekend. He says getting back to WCHA play this time of year doesn't change much year to year. I mean, every team is different, um, and where you're at in the standings and, and things like that is different. But, you know, for us, it just continues to be week by week. And, and that's one of the things I love about collegiate hockey. Is, is you prepare throughout the week, you play your two games, you get that day off, and you know you don't have too much time to sulk or be super excited because you know you got another great opponent coming the following week. And so, uh, for us, I think that's one of the reasons why it flies by, is because you're just focusing on each week, and uh, before you know it, you're into playoffs. Frost says they are zeroing in this week. Boom! One of my assistants or our associate head coach just said, I, "I just love these weeks." He's like, "You've been doing it for over 20 years, but it just seems like they're just dialed and." And, you know, they're taking everything we say and they're listening and trying to apply it. And not that they don't all the time, but there's certainly uh, a little more detail to, to the practices. Tomorrow's game will start at 6 o'clock and the puck is set to drop on Saturday at 2. For more info on Gopher Hockey, go to gophersports.com. That's the Golden Gopher Daily Update. I'm Mike Grimm. KDAL. That's pretty much my news. Streaming live on the KDAL mobile app. 10.35 is our time. I know we're running way, way, way behind, so let's do this. 
Let's fire up into the news. And then UMD women's hockey captain, Manna McMahon. She joins after a CBS News update on Katie Yale. Bruce show continues. Brought to you by Sanju, two harbors. AM 610, KDAL, news, weather, sports. 1040 tomorrow, Colorado, uh, Colorado College head coach Chris Mayotte. UMD men's junior Owen Gallatin. Right now, my conversation with the captain of the UMD women's hockey team. Here is my chat with forward Manon McMahon. All right, think way back. Has hockey always been your number one sport? No, it actually hasn't. I used to play soccer, and we travel like all around the country for that. I actually didn't know if I wanted to play soccer or hockey in college, and ended up choosing hockey. So, let's say, was hockey the? I think I might be better at it, even if I don't like it as much. Type of deal, or? No, I was always more serious about hockey because I liked it better. Soccer was like kind of just something I did with my friends because I played boys hockey growing up. And then when I would go to soccer, I'd just like always be with my friends. Never like took it that seriously, but just kind of something that came more natural for me than hockey probably did. But um, it was definitely more fun in the aspect of I was with my friends all the time. Talking to Bulldog Captain Nana McMahon. Assess, if you would, I know we're past the halfway mark, but we're close enough. Assess the first half of the season. You're getting back in the league play here this weekend. Yeah, I'm really proud of our team. Obviously, like, coming into this year, there was some different expectations just with the amount of people that we lost and the amount of new people that we were getting. So I'm really proud of how we've been able to come together. Um, but definitely looking to continue in like an upward direction in the last half here. Um, the last half always seems to be a roller coaster, but one that's a fast one. So just kind of looking to get in our groove in these next couple of games, especially with the league play coming up. For you, uh, I've heard the words welcoming, inclusive even, used to describe you and your personality. How's the fit been for you as a captain? You know, there's nine newcomers on the ice. There's two newcomers on the coaching staff as well. The, you know, they, they, they've all sung your praises so far. Yeah, I mean, it's easy to be welcoming into a culture that I'm so passionate about. Um, I feel like I've always had leaders ahead of me who have done such a good job of welcoming me in. So it's kind of just taking what they've done and um, doing kind of the same thing. So it's easy to be so passionate and so welcoming when I love the space that I'm in and I want other people to enjoy it just as much as I do. And um, that's nice to hear those things, but definitely want to continue that too. How much credit do you give your leadership group as well? That, that you know, because it, it seems at times almost seamless, and, and it's not easy to do when you have this many new faces. Yeah, um, Clara and Nina are great. I think we're a great leadership group because we all do kind of something different. We all have our own strengths, and our weaknesses are overcome by each other's strengths. So it's the perfect group, the perfect trio, and they're also my best friends. So just easy communication on and off the ice, and it's been maybe seamless to other people but we have had our struggles and they've just been so encouraging so motivating so positive so I wouldn't want to do it with anyone else and I couldn't do it without them for sure you had some high points in the first half I, I think back to that Wisconsin weekend where you know maybe a tough game Saturday you come back on Sunday and, and a bit of a wild back and forth third period you get three points out of Madison which they'll t- anybody in this league will tell you that ain't easy to do you know what what sticks out from from the first half for you yeah, definitely um, those games, um, the wins against or the win against Colgate. Um, there's been a lot of good things point wise. Um, overall, I think I'm just when I think of my team, I think of like the memories that we've made and just the things that we've overcome that maybe you don't see um, 
in points are uh, taken into account with stats and stuff. And I feel like that's most important, especially when it comes to the end of the season. Like we were talking about it as a leadership group yesterday, and it's ultimately the best culture wins at the end of the day. So that's what we're going to continue to do and continue to work on every day. Talking to UMB women's captain, Manna McMahon. So any coach will tell you that it's, it's hard to play defense, but it's a five-player job. It's not just the goaltender. It's not just the defenders. It's everybody on the ice has to be responsible. You turned over an All-American goaltender, an All-American defender, uh, an All-League defender. They're all in the, in the PWHL now, which we'll talk about in a second. But you have new goaltenders. You've got some new players on defense, some new faces in new places, new roles that whole bit. How have you been able to be so seamless defensively? And Because that, that's where it's all started for this group. Yeah, um, I think just from the beginning, just when everyone first got here, defense has always been our main focus. I mean, we spend probably the most time on defense and practice, and we have great coaches who do a lot of film and do a lot of preparation for us. So when we do get on the ice, it's it's like an easy one-two-step thing, like where we know exactly what we have to do. They make it easy for us to understand, and we all support each other. We all do our work off the ice. So that's definitely our biggest focus is for our team is just defense, and then we build out from the goaltender and up so uh that's always been our focus since i've been here so yeah how important is it to to take advantage of scoring chances especially five on five because as the season goes on it doesn't matter men's women's pro college it gets harder and harder to score five on five because teams are more dialed in defensively when you get those chances and now you've got some players that have a little more experience how important is to take advantage of those chances and get the puck in the net yeah, for sure. And we have a lot of good goal scorers on our team. I think also it's important to not be stressed in those situations. If you do get a scoring chance, it's it's the mentality of wanting to bury, wanting to score, knowing you're going to score. So just keeping that mentality through these next uh, few months here is super important for us. You're a center, and, and, and maybe it's not necessarily you all the time doing it, but for you and, and, and your line mates and, and whoever's on the ice with you, what makes a good zone entry? A good zone entry is determined in the neutral zone. Um, A zone entry would be over the blue line, but it starts in the neutral zone and everyone's supposed to kind of determine their path and also just good communication in the neutral zone. Um, F1 should determine the play and F2 and 3 are just kind of reading off of F1. And, you know, you've got speed. How important is that component that, that you know, have that, that player with the pucks got that speed to enter the zone and push back the defense? Yeah, especially in this league, um, speed's definitely important because everyone's fast, everyone's skilled. Um, and so pushing back the D will open up a lot behind you. So when we do enter the zone, it's always coach has always told us to enter with speed and pushing the defense back will open up F3, maybe F4 even for a shot to net. Few more here for the captain. Bemidji State this weekend. You saw them earlier in the year up at their place. You got six points out of that series. What are the keys to getting six points out of this series as well? Yeah, I think uh, just coming off of last weekend, uh, the tough losses at Quinnipiac or Ty. Um, it's just important that we're kind of back to the basics here, and that's what we're planning to do. That's what we've been focusing on. This week in practice is just being who we are, not trying to play out of our mind, just focusing on the little things like getting the pucks deep, making tape-to-tape passes, and that's what will lead us to be successful this weekend. 
Uh, Sophie squad is here on Saturday. Uh, it, it's something that is near and dear to the hearts of a lot of people in this program because of Gabby and, and everything she did to help and her family did to help put this together a, a few years ago. And, and of course, the story be behind it very well known. But what's it mean to you to have them back in the building here this weekend? Yeah, it's amazing. And just to see the growth, I mean, um, I've been friends, obviously, with Gabby for a really long time. And just seeing how Sophie's squad has been able to grow, been able to build last year was so cool since it was our first game. And now even that she is gone, we're still continuing this tradition. It's so special. And it's it's something that we're super excited about, something that we're honored to be a part of. And we can't wait to represent Sophie and her family as well as the Sophie squad and the Hugheses. Tell me about the swag bags. I, I've, I've heard about this, the, the, you know, that you, you guys have got some stuff to put together for, for not just your team, but for everybody that's here this weekend. Yeah, so each of the four teams will get a swag bag. Um, in the swag bag is kind of just uh, gifts and stuff. So there's a T-shirt, um, there's like ponytail holders, there's rubber band bracelets, like stuff like that. But in addition to that, probably the more, more important stuff, there's um, some pamphlets about mental health, um, being able to recognize like when maybe you're struggling, maybe when your teammates are struggling, which is ultimately the goal of Sophie's squad is just to make sure that something like this would never happen to anyone else again. And so there's a lot of stuff that the athletes are able to read and able to learn about, which is why Sophie's squad is what Sophie's squad is. So we've been really fortunate that we've been able to help out with those things. Um, we put together all the bags a few days ago as a team and we'll be handing them out for every player and hopefully that they read it and yeah finally that's not the only thing going on this weekend because uh, those that have been paying attention to the news the icebreaker tournament is this weekend which means all the girls that are playing in that get free admission to a game here between you and Bemidji State. And I've said before that these are oftentimes these weekends are the most enjoyable atmospheres because all it is is a bunch of little girls in the stands in their jerseys screaming. Do you guys notice that on the ice that this weekend maybe a little more juice in the building? Oh, 100%. We love when the kids are there. Um, they're definitely the loudest ones. Uh, they're always cheering so much energy all the time. So we always know when the icebreaker tournament is in town just because of how many fans that we get and we don't care that they're little kids like it's even better that they are little kids we always have tours going around here during the day and um, it's something super special that we're able to show um, all these little girls like what they can dream about and what they can be one day and we know that they're like we're a role model to them and we want to continue that and we're super excited to have them in the building bulldogs also involved in some of the trophy ceremonies or throughout the area this weekend at the end of the icebreaker tournament it is fun three o'clock tomorrow and saturday umv versus bemidji state at Amsoil Arena. 10.50. Wrap it up in a moment. Bruce Siski Show brought to you by Sanju Two Harbors. 610-103.9 KDAL. Coast to coast. They're right there in front of us. They don't see them. Late nights on KDAL. 10.59. Thursday morning. We're back for the Friday edition. We'll usher in the weekend with Mr. Craig. About 10.59 before that. Colorado College in town to play the Bulldogs this weekend. Their head coach is Chris Mayotte. You'll hear a conversation I had earlier this week with him. On the radio show tomorrow, also UMD men's hockey junior defenseman Owen Gallatin scheduled to join us on the radio show tomorrow. Brad Bennett, up next, sound off for your Thursday. Have a wonderful Thursday. Drive safe, and thank you for listening. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. Hit us up on Twitter at Bruce Siski Show and let us know what you think. No, yes, no, well...
No, I, I crossed my mind. Visit KDAL610.com to podcast today's show anytime. What do you say? Listen to shows on demand and download for free. You can also subscribe via Spotify or your favorite podcast app. This has been the Bruce Siski Show. CBS News is up next. For more than 80 years, KDAL 103.9, W28FBFM, and 610 KDAL Duluth Superior, a Midwest communication station. KDAL.